nothing too difficult for God. He's a God of possibility. Yes, men may be debating how the earth came into being. Whether they debated it or not, he made it. The reason why we will be debating about it because we don't understand. We think something must come out of something. But God, who does the impossible things, is able to create out of out from vacuum and bring things to pass. So the same way, when your situation looks like it cannot be done, when everything seems that is impossible, God has the ability to bring what do not exist into existence. Amen. Amen. That's the kind of God we are seven. Based on this, based on the reality of our God, we know he answers prayers. We can then go to him when we are praying, knowing that he has the ability to answer. You see, it's not just rattling words. It's going to a real person who can do a real thing for you. We are not just doing it to please ourselves or as part of a service that we come, let's pray. No, 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 no. We are missing it. It is acknowledging and knowing that you are dealing with a God who is real. Whether people are here and you are the alone that is here or not, he is still here. He comes to wait for you. Anytime we enter, he's already waiting for you to answer your prayers. Once you have this mind, God can work a miracle for you at any point. This is the idea which Anna had. Anna knew that God was there. When services are closed, she went alone, bowed before him, spoke to him that God, I want a male child. He has a consciousness of God that God hears her and God will answer her. So we need to always have this consciousness that when we come to church, we're not just coming to meet friends. We are not coming to meet pastors. We are not coming to do connections, business connections here. It may be part of it. We are not coming to look for a wife, a husband. That is not our reason. Our reason is to come and meet God. Hannah went and bowed before. She was alone. She didn't have anybody to help her in that prayer. But the burden is her burden alone. When it's not somebody's burden, you will sleep. You can ask Jesus and Peter and the rest. So she knew her God alone and came before her God and asked God for a specific gift. She didn't even say, God, give me a child. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, as for Yahuwah, there is a warfare. The God that is in charge of all the angels and all human beings on earth here. 
the one who is in charge of every situation. It is you that I have come to. So he addressed that God, that even if it is a warfare against my womb, Lord, I know you have the ability to win that battle for me. If you will indeed look on the affliction of your mate servant and remember me and not forget your mate servant, but will give your mate servant a male child, then I, Anna, will do what? Give that male child to the Lord or not when is between two years and 22 or 24 years. Because that's the time you pay school fees. Then you give it to God. God, uh, human beings are very smart. Uh, they give you a gift, but they know the reason why they give you the gift. They give you a gift. Oh, take him. So that you can take the child to school, go to nursery, go to primary, go to junior secondary, senior secondary. You get it free, but you sell back. You say, how some? <laughs> Some cost to bear. You pay for the, uh, the, uh, a teacher uh, to, to, so that uh, so you have a private school to that you take him to. Uh, that one there is no free. You pay. So after all, you take the child to university, uh, and that the fees are very. Uh, uh, you pay the school uh, the, the fees, and when he finish and the graduation day, they hand over the child to you. He says, it's not only at that time this child shall remain with you. When we give our life to Jesus, we don't take it in the middle of our years. Some of us surrender our life to Christ when we are in trouble. The moment, as long as you remain poor, you belong to Jesus. As long as things do not work for you, when it turn around, and everything becomes well with you. Where you have everything now, you build houses, you bought cars, you've got a big business, you are in charge of a big company. Sunday is a half business. You see how you are? <laughs> now, you begin to reason with God. That God, you understand. Always we tell God that he understands, but we don't want to understand him. Oh God, you understand. When I wasn't having money, I had enough time. So I will come to church, I will usher, I will clean the place, I will sing, I will do this. When I didn't get a husband, when I didn't get a child, Oh, Lord, you know, I have enough time. So I was using my time to save you. Now I am married, and you expect me to. <laughs> so, Brother Yafi, Pastor Yafi, you know now I'm married. Give me some days, some time uh, to work my marriage, to build a foundation. Then later, uh, I will come back. Then he asks you the next time. Our auntie comes and says, oh, now that I've started giving birth, let me finish taking care of the children. By the time you finish giving birth, 
your voice have rusted. And you want to come and give a rusted voice. But Diana says, I dedicate that child somewhere to you all the days of our life. So when we are dedicating our life, we must give our life to God all the days of our life until you die. So you can say yes. You can say amen. You want to hold to some portion of your life and want to get all what God has. You want to enjoy the blessings of God, but you don't want to give your life fully to him. So, pastor, see, after all, I gave my life to Jesus. Yes, not once. If you've given your life to Jesus, then you belong to who? Do you belong to him only the time you gave your life to him? That is not how we serve God. Once you give your life to Christ, you have to give it to him, give yourself to him forever and ever. It is permanent and forever life because he gave his life to you not only five minutes. He gave his life to you all the days of your life that any time you call upon him, he will be there to answer you. So Anna, Anna recognized the very presence of God. Promise God that if you give me a male word, I will do what? Say, now you only God give. Give. But you don't promise what you give. God give me strength. Yes, he will give you strength. What will you use the strength to do? God, give me money. Yes, he will give you that money. What do you want the money for? For people to see that you have not been disgraced in life. Sometimes our request is based on somebody so that I will be richer than this person. Ask for yours. Say, give me that I will intend give that child to you. All that I'm saying is that she had a personal relationship with God, a personal covenant with God, have a covenant with God, knew that she was a covenanted child. So whether the husband even was praying or not, that was not her business. This is my need. Yes, myself and my husband, we are one. We become one. But when it comes to relating to God, each one of us have a personal responsibility. Don't say because of my child, because of my wife, because of my friend. That's why I didn't serve God. No, that is not a good excuse. It's just like, because I'm hungry, so I have to steal. And when I steal, it's not stealing. If you're hungry, ask. Not steal. But he knows you're wicked. When he asks, you won't give. And I'm one. So, <laughs> he will take it. 
Amen. All that I'm saying that I want us to have the awareness of God any time we come to church. When we know we are aware of God, we don't look at anybody. We come based on our personal relationship with God. God, he had made a covenant with us. We are covenanted children of God. The New Testament, the day you gave your life to Christ, he made an agreement with you that you are my son. He signed a covenant with you through the blood of Jesus, his son Jesus Christ that I have forgiven you your sin. You are no longer my enemy. You are now my son. Based on that covenant, you can then come to him every day and ask. Jesus, his death and resurrection is for me and you. He didn't die because he needed to die for himself, but he died for us so that we can have access. We can have what? Access through his blood to the Father. The reason why Anna could go to God is because God signed a covenant with his, her forefathers, that is Abraham. And at any point, God will repeat that covenant. He did it with Isaac, even though he said it with Abraham. God will continue to put them in remembrance that, look, I have a covenant with you people. The reason why I will stand behind you and fight against somebody asked me, oh, why is that Israel? Israel is fighting their enemies in those days. God will come and sometimes help them kill thousands of people, millions of soldiers. I said, that's what covenant is all about. When a country signs a treaty with each other, that look, we sign it if they attack you, they attack me, if they attack me. So once you declare war on one, he may be very small. You may be very powerful. It means that you've declared war on the big man too. So all of us are fighting together. So anytime the devil declares war on you, he declares war on God. You might not have the strength to fight, but because you have a treaty, you have a, an agreement, you have a covenant with him. If the devil says, I'm coming against you, what he's saying is that I'm coming against you and God. That's why our confidence is not because we are strong. When you have a stronger country behind you, you look very strong. When you have mighty men behind you, you think you are mighty. So that's why you should never lose sight that your strength, whatever you do, is not based on yourself. It's based on the covenant God signed with you. So when the devil comes against you, what he's done is that he's declared war on God, on the kingdom of God. So that's why we say, if you say we are not afraid of the devil, it's not because he doesn't fear you, because he fears your face. No, because of the covenant. Because of the covenant. There's something, oh, in Zechariah, it's in Zechariah chapter, it's in chapter 9, 11 to 12. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, 
I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Because of the blood of the covenant, your prisoners will not be inside a place where they are left to die. Because of the blood of the covenant. Oh, I love it. I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. The enemy knows how to put us into a place where we'll just live there and die. But the covenant will set us free because of God's covenant. Verse 12. Return to where? The stronghold. You prisoners of what? Hope. Even today, I declare that I will restore double to you. Because of the covenant, you've been in prison to die in poverty, to die in disease, where there is no water, no solution to your problems, no cure for your disease. He says, because of the covenant, I will deliver you. I will bring you out of your prison and restore because when you are put there, you cannot get anything. You've lost everything. A prisoner loses his house, your bed. You may have a very nice house, big air condition, everything, nice cars. The moment you are put into prison, you lose all those privileges. They will tell you when to sleep and when to wake up. Yes, your eyes may open, but your movement is restricted. If your movement in any area of life is restricted because of the covenant, and the movement in a certain area was restricted, she was restricted in giving birth. Another prison. She won the freedom to give birth. But she's been in prison inside. The womb has been in prison. The children have been in prison. She remembered the covenant and went to God. The covenanted God. And today, I want you to remember that God had a covenant with you. If at the covenant we have with God, the Bible calls it a better covenant. You are seated up in heaven, seated together with Christ in heavenly places. That's where your position is. You are not an ordinary person. There is a map upon your life that this one is a prince. A holy people, a holy nation. God has set you apart to rule. Not to be ruled by the enemy, but to rule. That is how he said that the covenant is for you to have power over Satan and all his powers. You are kings. Kings are to decree and to rule by their decrees and their words. So anytime you come and you are praying, God works through you. The reason why your words are taken is because you have covenanted with a greater God that every word you speak, that great God backs it. Anna went to him. Prisoners of hope. My womb is in prison. My children are being imprisoned. 
have gone to everywhere. Doctors are, you know, when you're in prison, there's no way. They can only visit you there. Doctors can visit you there and come out. The children are still in prison. <laughs> Until she went to God, he said, God, I know there's a male child in me which has been in prison. If you will release that male child, I will let him save you freely all the days of my life. And while praying, the priest saw her. And she said, you shouldn't be here at this time. You shouldn't be praying at this time. She might be drunk. Because when you are in anguish, when you have a problem and you are praying seriously with God, the others that are around will not understand you. The way you speak to God, people look at you, what is this? This is disgraceful. He's disgracing us in this church. No. She's pouring out her heart. When you want to praise God, you understand God, you want to give him praise and worship. The way you worship him, people will see. Why? Is that how to? You can just say, Lord, I want to love you. Yes, that's good. If you knew what God did for that person. It's proportional. If you see, if you understand what God has done for you, when they say, let's praise him, you wouldn't ask somebody to say, lift your hands or put it down. Or sing. Or dance. Those mechanical things, stand up. These are your hands. If you don't understand it, your hands get tired. Just a command. And you're obeying, obeying a command which do not relate to you. I think a time will come, nobody should tell anybody to lift up his hands. Some can put their hands down, some can lie down, some can lift their hands. The Holy Spirit will take over and people will pour out their heart to their gods. Some can even sit down and just have that God, God communing with them. Generalizing things sometimes is dangerous. Hannah prayed. The priest, Eli, the supposed spiritual man, didn't know. He said, you are drunk. Yeah. She's not the only person that says she was drunk. You know the apostles were taken to be drunkards. People can you know, you know, the people are shouting, screaming. And they said, something might be wrong with us. But sometimes when I watch, you know, people that look, sometimes I watch this show, teams outside. And sometimes when they score, with due apology, the British who looks very sober at church, quiet at church, those same British youth, 
they jump and move up and shout and scream for a ball and a goal. <laughs> if we shout and scream and we are happy for our God, they say, what are you doing? I will prefer to be crazy for God than for a football. Yes, you can, you can be crazy for it, but be crazy for God more. Some of you, the day you are team, you are not there. Some of you, know, most of us, know, most of you don't, you don't have Ghana team. Man U, Liverpool, uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, Oh, is, uh, that is, we are Ghana here. You have Kotoko Has. <laughs> Brecon Chelsea. But sometimes when your team lose outside there, you fail to eat. You are angry with your wife. You are angry with your husband because your team have lost. Ah! For me, I would rather be sad when I pray and I don't get a result. The prophet will name. <laughs> then you are the most miserable person on earth here. I know you quote me. Be happy. It helps to bring joy. At least you might have something that can bring your soul and your But let God be the center of all your joy. Yeah. Said you are, you are drunk. The apostles were said they were drunk. The way they were speaking in tongues. They lost control over themselves. And they were just jumping and jumping. Some of you, you can't. You speak in tongues. The day you bring your friend to church, he sit by you. You are one of the quiet, gentle. You don't want your friend to see that you are like one of the madmen. Yeah, for your information, I will be crazy for Christ. I'm always crazy for Christ. I am not shy about this. I'm crazy for eternal things. Not things that are temporal. And I want to encourage you to be crazy for things that last. Not things that will just pass away. God is always here. And God will be here. She went to God. The priest did not understand. Sometimes we the pastors can even lose sight that God is in church. We think it's our... Uh, it becomes like a duty. Prepare, preach, go. Pray, prepare, preach, go. Prepare, preach. Then it becomes like, it becomes mechanical. So you get used to that instead of drawing from God to come and give to God's people. Yeah, read the text. Interpret the text. Apply it to them. Then Read it. Interpretation. It may be wrong. It may be right. Apply it. 
some of them they have applied because you give them wrong, they apply it. It does not work. They come and they tell you your faith did not work. It's not your faith did not work. You didn't tell them what God said. It is what God sees. The possibility of God, what is possible for God, is within the confine of his word. It is what he says he will do. That is what is possible with him. So the first thing you need to know is to know what God says he will do for you. What he says he can do. No, God cannot lie. So you cannot go and do something and ask God, God help me so that we can lie. That one, he can't do it. That is impossible for him. It's not within the confine of his word. It's not within his word. It's not what he said he would do. You cannot say, God, help me to go and steal. Lord, when I hold it and I'm carrying it, Lord, nobody see me. Then I'll take it away. It's not what he said. Let me do. Some people have, you have prayer. Your prayer is you spend all your prayer for people to be destroyed. People go and fast that somebody will fail in life. Abba. That energy that you want to use to pray for people to fail. Why don't you need to pray for you to succeed? They go and fast. I'm going to fast. Pray. 21 days. For this person to die because he says something against me. You go and fast, pray, you come back. He's very strong. The girl came and she was, she said, I've been cursed by this person. He said, I'm going to die within five weeks. I said, go and tell him that the seventh week you come and greet him. This is not what we should use our energy and prayer in doing. Our warfare is not a physical warfare. It's not against physical being. I understand that spirit can use human being, but by killing that human being, you haven't solved the problem. The spirit will move to another person and it will still trouble you. What you need to deal with is the spirit that controls that person. Then you can be free forever. That's how I deal with my situation. Yes, some of us permit ourselves to be used by demons, the enemy. Maybe by dealing with the demon, you may be part of it. Because the container, it is inside. Don't be a container. He may not pray against you, but against the demon that is in you. But in the course of the demon living, he knows what to do. He can also destroy you. So don't say, Prophet, I've said it. Oh, I'll permit myself. Anna prayed. And indeed, God answered. 
When Anatole said, you are drunk, if you were the one, what will you do? You've come like in the spirit, and you are praying in the spirit, and you pray, you come and you need that, you're in the spirit, and you knew you are in the spirit, and you are asking God. Then I come and say, drunk God. You immediately, he said, ah, is that me that pastor is telling me I'm drunk God? This my church, I won't come. You sack yourself. Why? Because you come to this church because of me, not because of God. You are angry. Ah! Nobody told me. If it was Pastor Prempong, I would understand. <laughs> if it's Reverend Sidney, I would understand. If it is any of the, the, the deacons, Deacon Tete, I would understand. But Prophet Anno. He himself, who's supposed to hear from God? Look at what he's telling me. Ah, this church is my friend. I'm telling you this so that you can have your personal relationship with God. Some people have moved from churches to churches. You think the next church will be better. And you go there. You'll find the same imperfect men. An imperfect congregation. Sometimes where you left to the next one, they are worse because those that you let them, at least you know their weakness and their strength. What I'm talking about is I want people to have personal relationship with God. Be strong with God. That's why I talked about the fifth. That at the point, if you don't take time, somebody can make your fifth fail. The fact that you drank, I don't say go and drink, poison, and you die, doesn't mean if somebody poisoned me, and they tell you it's the same poison. I didn't say, oh, because this one is dead, I also die. No. I can still trust God. That God have said that we shall take poison and we shall not die. That serpent will bite you, but you shall live. That Lord will go through this. Look, the word is personal to you. It's not a general word. What there are many things that makes the word Worse, the person might not go by the instruction of the word and it may fail in his case. It doesn't mean that the word is powerless because the word can never fail, but we can fail. So because men can fail and we can fail, we think the word can also fail. Sometimes the instruction can be given to people. You all have the same disease. The doctor gives you the same prescription. One decide. If you say, take two every in the morning, two the evening for six days. You say, okay, I'll take one today. Tomorrow, I'll add the one I haven't taken to this one. The third day, I'll be busy. So I will 
if you take it in that manner and it doesn't work, do you blame the medicine or blame yourself? Most of the time, we blame what? The medicine. I don't know yet. Meanwhile, others have taken and followed the same instruction and have got results. The fact that yours fail doesn't mean that when they give it to me, I should just say, hey, the thing didn't work for this person the other day. So me too, it won't work. No. So take the instruction of the word. Take it personally. It's not general. It's a personal word to you. Take it. Strengthen yourself. There is nothing too hard for God. There's nothing too difficult for God. What do we need? We need our prayers is that God, this is my situation. Speak on that situation. You may have a word for that. You know, we all know by his stripe you were healed. You know it. But you need to pray that because the word is spirit. The word of God is what? He said the word which I speak is spirit. You need to speak it or pray and pray until that word becomes spirit. Because you are spirit. It first gets into your spiritual man and it begins to work through that. The word then becomes a living thing in your life. You begin to feel that, look, this word, God is speaking it to me. Not a general word to everybody. He said, by your stripe, you were healed. Lord, I am healed. Then that is when your language begins to change. I am healed. 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 If anybody comes to you and tells you, hey, this disease will kill you, you tell the person, I'm already healed. I told her, I remember, I was told by a doctor, so yes, back. I mean, my liver has failed. I remember they brought a pastor. The pastor was around 50 something. I was then around 18, 19. The pastor came and he started talking. He was to prepare me to die. That's good. Sometimes pastors prepare people to die if it is time for you to go. But I felt it wasn't my time. The doctor came. And then he was talking, oh, you know, small children die, big children die. And, and he started talking about David, child, David prayed, fasted, but that son died. He started talking about people who died at their young house. John the Baptist died at the early age of 30s. And how Jesus died at the trade scene in the youth. I told the pastor, I am not 30 years. <laughs> I said, I am not 30 years old. So don't say John the Baptist died. I haven't started my work yet. Because he started his, he's supposed to baptize Jesus, he's finished. Me, I haven't started. I haven't finished. Me, go ahead. <laughs> so I asked the pastor, Pastor, you are old. We're talking nice about heaven. So why don't you go first? <laughs> and he got discouraged. He wanted to encourage me, but he got discouraged. And he left. I put my faith in God. I cried to God. And I prayed to God. I said, God, it's not that I'm afraid to die. 
But I think there might be something I should do. So God, help me. Then I heard very clear, you will not die. That by my start, scripture started coming, you were healed. He said, You will live to declare. The moment this words came, as if it's a medicine, my spirit that was down and death was pulling it away revived. When your spirit gets revived, it takes control over your body. Then I tried to get up. But I was so weak. I couldn't eat anything. I put in my mouth. I vomit. So he gave me drip. So now they are looking, they are waiting for you to pop off. And I remember some people they were discussing my barrier. I love it in my head. Then I heard a sick people who lie down. Faith without works is dead. Didn't I tell you you are healed? I said, yes. And I was lying down. I couldn't get up even to sit down. So I said, ah, sick people don't lie down. They stand up. And when I tried to get up, Satan spoke to my head. So my mind told me, if you attempt to sit, you will fall and die. And I told myself, look, now I'm not afraid of death again. All die, be die. <laughs> this is not political, all die, be die. This is my own faith. Because I know if I lie down, they say I will die. If I stand up, Satan say you will fall and die. Is it not the same death? So why don't I act? If I will die, then I can die in action. Then I tried and I tried and got up. Little step I had, I got up said, and the, the, the place was going around like this. I said, lie down, lie down. I said, I'm going to lie down. Then it went, ah, then it stopped. I said, ah, I've overcome number one. <laughs> At that time, I wasn't afraid of death again. I went to the next level. I have to get up. He said, you haven't walked for over months. So this feet cannot walk. I said, who told you? There's a debate. Your faith against reasoning. But I remembered what God said. This is the testimony. And since then, I told God, once I get up, I'm able to survive against the words of the doctor and the pastor. Against all odds. If anyone is in any critical condition, I will tell that person it is possible. That is why if you bring in a situation, I've never told any one of you that it's not possible. What I have heard, what 
I have seen, what I have experienced, is what I always tell you. That I know this God which we serve. People may not believe it. He's real. And I've given all of you an encouragement that when you hold on to that faith and it was, it will work for you. And most of you, it has worked for you. You came with tears, but now you are here rejoicing. I'm not here preaching theory. I'm preaching what is real. What I have handled. What I have tasted. What I have seen God doing. That conformed to his word. That is what I preach to you. The word of faith. God bless you.